Welcome to Remember When. I remember I was at his house. I, I can remember specifically. Do you recall uh, when you got yours? Remember when they played that? Remember I remember that. that. Basic. I remember yep. that. Then I remember, um, still remember. I remember us. And I remember, I remember that. I remember, I remember, but, I remember uh, that. Uh, I remember that. Is he, he was a star when he was eating uh, a bologna sandwich at a truck stop. Guns N' Roses versions of White Christmas. That's not a thing. <laughs> Have you heard Guns N' Roses White Christmas? I remember um, you felt horrible. and I was, I was I real did. happy. No. And, and he's performing like 200 dates a year. <laughs> I mean, hair metal needed to die when it died. Wasn't there a, a Steve? Wasn't there something with a dog? Break down really quick. Warren Cherry Pie versus versus uh, GNR. Uh, uh, Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> well, everyone, welcome back to Remember When. What is up, Steve? What's going on, Scott? Not much. We just uh, wrapped up our marathon Eagles episode. Uh, we probably could have gone three or four more episodes, but I want to thank uh, Art Fader for joining us for a couple of uh, shows. Uh, he really brought a lot of insight, and I learned a ton um, just in those those couple days together. Yeah, me too. That was great having him on. And, and what did I think you had edited down to about three hours, but I think we probably had about five hours of recorded material, something like that. Yeah, we did. I would have loved to have it all. Maybe we'll have an outtakes episode someday <laughs> if people really want to get deep. But hey, you know, you and I were talking, we we're kind of, we've got some guests lined up, you know, later on um, this month and into March, but uh, we we're kind of talking about some different themes to touch on. And I, I, I thought this was really cool. Um, we're going to do kind of a little debate today on arguably two of the best storytelling artists in the industry. Okay, we got the showdown. Bob Seeger versus Bruce Springsteen. Get in the ring. Do you kind of want to talk about a little bit where you got the idea of this, and then we can kind of go from there? Yeah, yeah. So from the top, I want to give credit to, uh, there's a new podcast, or new to me, that I've gotten into recently called the Dan and Dan Music Podcast. It's a couple of guys out of Philadelphia. Um, they're in the business, uh, you know, music business. Uh, one's a DJ. I'm not sure what the other does, but, um, and they've worked in the business for years and years, probably, you know, decades. Uh, they're a little older than us, probably more around our parents' age. And so they, uh, you know, they can talk firsthand from when even some of these albums with you know, whether it's Born to Run or Darkness in the Edge of Town or Live Bullet or Night Moves, some of these albums we'll talk about, I'm sure, came out. Um, and so they, they've got some great perspectives, but I also like they can talk new music. They talk technology and how things have evolved and into streaming and so forth. Just a great podcast. And anyway, uh, one of them, uh, I'm sure I'll get into this. Uh, I saw Seeger about a week ago in live for probably the last time of, of my life. Um, since this is supposed to be his last tour and uh, have really been on a Bob Seger kick, just really love the show. And so I was searching for, for Bob, Bob Seger. He's, he's one of those artists hard to find a lot of info on. So I was checking podcasts as I'll do on different subjects and they came up. Uh, they had one just on Bob Seger, which was great. Uh, but then they also had this one called Springsteen versus Seger. 
And I was like, oh, this is great. I listened to it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is a podcast that I've wanted to have before podcasts even existed. And and what I mean by that is the Springsteen versus uh, Seeger conversation has just always been one that's intrigued me for years and years and years. And uh, we're going to get into it. But I think there are so many parallels. Um, they've been friends. As far as I know, they think they're still friends. I know Seeger had flashed up on the big screen a picture of the two of them, you know, kind of with their arms around each other. It's a picture I'd seen before uh, I, at the concert that I saw. Um, so I, I think they, they, they influence each other and they, I think they mutually respect each other. Um, so I don't think in their minds there's a competition going on or anything, but in my mind, and you know, we've talked about, of course, growing up in the Detroit area, which, uh, you know, that's dictates, I think largely as we'll get into where our loyalties lie. Um, but, um, I know I have seen Springsteen in concert and loved it. Um, I recently finished his book, his autobiography, Born to Run, and, um, I, I gave it five stars and my, you know, good read, good reads rating. Um, I loved the book. I, I, I saw somebody I'd always admired and reading that book really helped me understand him, understand his story and understand his music so much better. So, uh, and through the book, I really tried to listen to the albums kind of chronologically as he went through, um, and talked about them. So I've really been on a Springsteen kick recently too. So that was one of the reasons I asked to do this podcast. Cause I feel that, uh, you know, uh, between C and Seeger live finishing that book, it's, it's a good time for me to be able to have these things fresh in my memory, um, since they're filled up with, uh, you know, so many other things with three kids sometimes. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyway, I, I want to get into it because I think these are, like you said, two great songwriters, two great storytellers of not just, you know, the last 50 years, you know, maybe of all time. I don't know, since popular music has been around. Um, I think they're, they have, well, both have lasting legacies. Uh, I think there are a lot of similarities, but I think there are some distinct differences as well. Yeah, no question. You're. I said before this, when we, we talked about doing this episode, I said, it's not even close. <laughs> and I said, it, this is, to me, it's Seeger and a landslide. And I said, you, you know, if you're going to compare Seeger or Springsteen to someone, maybe you throw John Cougar Mellencamp in that, which is another, uh, you know, really a, a true storytelling songwriter from our youth and so forth, from his youth. But... You're going to really need to enlighten me. Um, I think part of this, no question, I'm going to acknowledge is where we grew up. Uh, being in Detroit, um, we were really just, uh, we had Seeger all around us. Right. Um, you know, even his classic stuff that, you know, may not have necessarily even been released nationally, we were exposed to. Our parents lived through the Seeger shows, oh, yeah. whether they were at Kobo or, you know, I just remember my parents, you know, when he would play five, six, seven nights in a row at Pine Knob, um, those were the days. And we didn't we didn't get to live those days. Um, and obviously, we didn't get to live through the, the heyday of, of Springsteen. But the more I really, you know, I never um, really dove into Springsteen. So I'm probably not giving him a true fair opportunity. But I've. Um, I know I, I I respect the fact that he is a good songwriter, but I just never have been really. I've just never really got him, and I I never really understood 
the popularity. Now, well, I, I I'm going to get into some thoughts on theories <laughs> on why he's popular, but um, which are probably partially true. But I just, to me, I just the music itself. It's a different sound, um, and maybe that's part of it too. Um, his voice and the sound itself are a lot different than Seeger, even though maybe they're talking about some of the similar things growing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said the voice um, he, I, toward the end of the book, it seemed almost out of out of sequence, I thought. But Springsteen had a chapter on his voice and I thought he, he was so he was so self-aware, as I, as I feel in a lot of things he was uh, or is, but, but through his book. Uh, but he talked about his voice and how he never thought it was great and how he from an early age knew he had to bring in his songwriting ability um his, uh, his, his dynamic aspects of his personality, hard work, the band. He talked about how he knew that he had to balance that. And he actually, he lists a few singers saying like, I didn't, I wasn't blessed with a voice like, you know, X, Y, Z. And one of them was Seeger actually. Um, so it's interesting that you say that. Um, and, you know, you say it's a landslide um, and, to, you know, to you and really to us, right? I mean, growing up where we did, as you talked about, because my experience was very similar. Um, but, you know, if we were going to go uh, go record this in, in, live at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, New Jersey, you know, we'd probably find ourselves at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, right? So <laughs> I, yep. I think no that's, what this, that's very geographical. And uh, even uh, they got into this on the Dan and Dan podcast I mentioned, because one guy's from Cincinnati, almost yep. like us, where, you know, just, just ubiquitous uh, growing up. Uh, and so, and then a guy called in from Wisconsin and I forget where the other Dan guy is from, but anyway, I mean, geographically, if we were to have somebody on New Jersey, uh, somebody from New Jersey on the podcast, I I'm guessing their, uh, their, their take would be different than ours. Yeah. And I threw it out there on uh, Facebook this week. Yeah. I wanted to kind of get some ideas and I think most of our friends and connections maybe on that were, uh, were Michigan based, right. which, you know, <laughs> I think it's good. But, but I did find, um, you know, there were, there were some feedback from other people. We did get a couple people from Michigan that uh, did prefer Springsteen. Um, another individual really kind of dove into that 70s stuff and um, you know, it would kind of talked about, you know, born to run darkness on the edge of town, the river, he mm -hmm. was really putting those ahead. So, I mean, he was, he was, you know, into that before obviously the mainstream born in the USA stuff came. So right. I don't, but you know, here's the thing with Springsteen because after we, you said that we're going to do this show, we, we kind of decided on doing this. I, I really tried to go back and, and, and dive into again, with streaming services, how, how easy it to play anything you want to play nowadays. And that's going to be part of the argument on this, this, this podcast, by the way, is um, I went back and I really tried to dive into, to, uh, you know, this is over a 48 hour span. So definitely didn't spend a lot of time. And I told you after I listened to born to run, Steve, I don't get it. Hmm. I, I don't get it. You know, it, it's a, it's an eight song album. You know, uh, I would compare, I know we're going to jump around, you know, and I know it came, uh, came, I would compare the song Thunder Roll, the, uh, Thunder Road to Roll Me Away. Oh, uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yep, Very yep. much a similar type song. Now, again, yeah. Roll Me Away came out after. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. But, you know, Born to Run, that's more of a, a newer feel song. Um, 
I don't really. 10th Avenue Freeze Out, good song. But, you know, it's eight songs. Um, Jungle Land's a story, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It actually, that song influenced Seeger's Night Moves, is, is my really? understanding. That's, okay. Yeah, that's what actually got him to finish that, finish that album. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. A matter of fact, there's a story I was reading about this. And I know, here we go, jumping all over the place. There is a story that um, Seeger. And we talked about Eagles last week. Um, uh-huh. you know, obviously, he was real friends with a lot of the Eagles. Yep. And he was hanging out with uh, Don Henley. And he said, uh, you got to check out Springsteen. And I guess Don Henley really wasn't that much into Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, you got to listen to Jungle Land. And he, he played him the line about, you know, under the Exxon uh, station and so yeah. forth. Meet me yeah. under there in the light and everything. And, and I guess Henley went out and bought the album right away. He's like, I like him. Yeah, because of the songwriting. But I, I don't know. I just I think for me a lot of it is the arrangements. Um, it's a different sound than Seeger. Um, there's a lot of similarities. You've got the the sax and the piano and so forth. Uh-huh. And Seeger obviously does that in a lot of songs. But I think for me it's it's the sound. Um, and I got some comparisons uh, to Springsteen later. But Seeger is so much gruff and and just more of that r&b kind of raw sound yeah this this to me is just too arranged and it's just not my it's a style thing it's not that springsteen's not a good song writer or a musician it's just it's the style i i just i i, I have a hard time with it and i i, I really don't get it <laughs> so uh. you can enlighten me sir well, yeah. So, yeah, a few several things there. I, I mean, yeah. If you if you think of Seeger, at least early Seeger, and that's I, I think this is an important point too. But early Seeger, if you know, Live Bullet, I think what he was going for was he wanted to, you know, he wanted his band, he wanted them to sound like James Brown, right? Yeah, he wanted exactly. it to just be this 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 great show of of you know just. Rah! You know, yeah. just in your face. Yeah. I don't know that Springsteen was ever quite going for for that so much, but uh, because with Seeger, then then he gets into Against the Wind or uh, you, You'll Accompany Me or, or some of this other stuff. Even even the song uh, sonically, Night Moves. Right? I mean, yep. some of these slower songs. Which that's if you listen to Seeger talk, he also talks about how important getting that ability was to be able to write those types of songs was for him. He feels as, as an artist. Right. But, but I think you can make the argument that, that Seeger uh, sort of changed and, and really even mellowed to some degree, at least as far as a percentage of his output that was, that was the slower tempo. Uh, I think yep. that, I think it's hard to argue that, that that didn't, um, that that didn't increase over time. Um and uh, but then, yeah, uh, Springsteen, the, the Dan and Dan podcast brought brought this out and the light bulb moment for me was and I've thought about this a lot. I hadn't thought of Springsteen in this category, but I've thought about this a lot in my in my uh, thinking back, my musical tastes uh, and how they've evolved or, or haven't evolved. <laughs> um, but he he says this guy, this guy that had called in, he said, he said, I came, he said, I, when I got into Springsteen, it was when I was, uh, I was in college. And he said, I started trying to listen to more intellectual music. I was too cool for school. He said, that's when I got into Springsteen. And he said, he said, Seeger follows the country music, um, uh, linear songwriting that Seeger's 
songwriting is linear, similar to country music, where it's usually verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, bridge, that kind of thing, and that it's a simpler arrangement. You mentioned arrangements. And and Springsteen, although I don't remember him talking in depth that this was a, a an intentional thing in his music, and, and maybe I'm just forgetting that, but but he, I think that's true, that Springsteen is not that. And then if you see him live, it's even more so just kind of as a more of a casual fan, uh, you know, kind of not all over the place, but just goes in different things and he just kind of stays there and then comes back, you know, and yeah. just seeing Seeger live, you know, he's, he's rolling out the hits, you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty much these four or five minute songs, you know, maybe some extended solos or whatever, but largely it's, it's, it's similar to the records. Um, Springsteen is not that. Um, so that when, when that when that guy called in and said that, it really dawned on me because um, yep. we had we haven't talked about you two too much on the podcast, but uh, you know I know we have talked offline and like and I like you two. Uh, I know your your thoughts are different, but um, when I was in grad school, like I was like you know kind of like this guy was saying, oh I'm I'm smart now. I need to listen to some smarter music. And U2 was the band I started to get into, and I took away some good music from that. But then at some point, I was just like, you know what? I like Motley Crue. I like Metallica. I like Bob Seger. You know, I'm not into you know I'm not going to try to be smart through my music. I like yep. what I like, and that's and that's and that's. I remember like kind of making this conscious decision in grad school, and and that's kind of where I landed and have for. That was a long time ago now. So uh, I, when he brought that up with Springsteen, I was just like, oh, like people I know that have loved Springsteen and their approach to music and, and things like that. It started to make more sense to me, which is a bit of a, an oxymoron in my mind or a paradox because he he's a uh, you know, he and he talks about this in his book. He, 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 he writes about blue collar experience, you know, working in the factory and things like that. But I think the way he he tells the story of that is so poetic and so um, yeah and, uh, and, and just you know I don't know what words per song is if that's if that's even a metric w wps there but but um, I I bet Springsteen's average is much higher than Seeger's you know Seeger's pretty much just again get the get the verses get the chorus and I mean and well he's doing that I mean just pure brilliance in my mind uh but springsteen's gonna be a little more verbose gonna gonna take it in some different directions not a, not afraid to stretch it out both lyrically and musically no i i will give you that and i think that's probably why i much more relate to the bob seeger i think you kind of you kind of threw the intellect out there and so forth it's kind of like today I'll be with a group of people and maybe an outing at work or whatever to say, what kind of beer you have? Do you want, the, <laughs> you, you want the, you want the, you want the micro brew blonde or you want, and I said, no, give me a Bud Light. And everyone laughs at me, you know, and everyone else is drinking, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the micro brews and I'm sitting here with my, and they laugh, but that's just me, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, uh, what are you going to have? We're going to go out to a nice restaurant steak, uh, you know, and I'm ordering a burger, you know, it, it, it's like, for me, I've just always been kind of that caveman. And, uh, and, and for me, it's just simple. And it's not that Seeger is like simplified that he's, he's, he's not smart or he's not, right. it's just, it's, it, the, the stories to me, it, it, like you kind of, I think it said in that podcast and I did listen to it well, and those guys did a good job. You know, 
what 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 triggered more for me the, the experiences when I was 22 23 yeah. 24 yeah. or when I was 15 16 17 and Seeger just always resonated me like man this is just our youth and again a lot of the themes behind this this show that you and I are doing Steve is our high school years yeah and even though he his his heyday was in the 70s and we'll get in this a little bit about you know his his semi-retirement um, mm-hmm. which I think played a factor into this as well. Yep. Um, you know, his, his 70s and really 80s stuff um, just told those stories that were like, I can just sit and we could drive through a field in Leonard or, or driving down some dirt roads or just, you know, I don't know, or driving down 75, just, man, just with the windows down and just a story, whether it was with your our friends or a girl or, or whatever, it's just, you just, it's just, to me, it's just, it's just great storytelling. And, and for me, it's the sound because, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what, you know, the, one of the comments last night was, well, now name me five Seeger songs that are better than the three Springsteen songs I just mm-hmm. mentioned. And, you know, I still go like, you know, against the wind, um, you'll accompany me. I mean, that song, I mean, to me, it's just, man, just to sit back and listen to that song. It, it's, it's simple. But man, it's a great story. And this is, you know, getting into that 1980 now, you know, um, I just, you know, Fire Lake. I mean, that's, mm. that's, that's camping. I mean, that, that's a story, you know, that's, that's being out with family and just family reunions or whatever it might be and just chilling out at a campfire, you know, stuff like that. It's just so relatable that, um, you know, shame on the moon. I mean, and this oh, yeah. is, again, just, this is later Seeger stuff. They're mellow, but it's just, wow. Just to me, it's just so relatable, you know? And that's why I just love the guy. Uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say when I saw him last week, I'd never seen him do Seeger, never seen him uh, do shame on the moon live. And uh, well, he said in concert, he hadn't done that song in 28 years. Wow. And, uh, he, wow. He, he, he breaks into that. And uh, then he goes into Roll Me Away, which uh, for years he's opened with. Right. He opened with, he opened with Bust Load of Faith, which is a Lou Reed cover, which is, he covers on his new album, which I like the album. I like that song. Um, but I'm not ashamed to say, man, I had tears. Sure. <laughs> pretty much rolling down my face when he went Shame on the Moon into uh, Roll Me Away. I mean, it was just, oh, Man, it was so good. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we we didn't have Jungle Land blaring when we were, you know, like you said, driving around in high school. But I, you know, I think a lot of people did. You know, certainly older older folks. But even you know, kids our age. You know, we were we weren't really the Seeger uh, generation uh, age no. either. So so I you know I think some people did, um, and um, and. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I think uh, there, there are two artists. I, I th- one thing I think that's important to point out. So maybe maybe let me get into some of my thoughts here is is if you want to look at let's try to put popularity aside, although it's hard to. But like, I think one thing that's interesting about both of these artists is is they both had kind of their runs of these what 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 fans would call their their classic albums or that classic period. And if you if you if you study Springsteen, you know, I think a lot of his first two albums, I think a lot of people would would have, would say they went back, you know, when when he was when in the 70s, they went back and listened to Afterborn to Run. 
And so I think yeah. Born to Run 75. And the one thing, too, I, I don't know why I knew this, but at some point I learned this, is he was on the cover, and he talks about this in his book, but he was on the cover of News, uh, Springsteen was on the cover of Newsweek and Time Magazine with Born to Run. And for a rock artist, that was huge. And I don't understand all yeah. he talked about this, but how that happened. Right. He, he talked about how hard the decision was, like because you're kind of like, like I don't know if selling out's the right word, but it's just kind of an odd thing for a you know a rock band to do. But he decided for it, and he he's very open. A I thought his book was great because he's very open about some of his mental illness, both in his father and himself. And I just thought I don't know if this is things he's talked about uh, before the book, but it was so cool to see how, how um, open, I just think, you know, how many people that somebody with his influence is helping around mental health. Um, but he talks about that a lot. And one of the things he talks about is narcissism and things like that very openly, almost sometimes comically, like he can make jokes about himself and how he loves attention. And so that was, it was one of the factors. And he says, yeah, I decided to, to get on the cover of these, these magazines, which then I think put a lot of pressure on him and he had some negative, you know, just trying to live up to things. But so, so 75, like he just, he just was born to run, man. He's on top, on top of the world. And, and really I, I would argue um, the albums in between then and, and born in the USA, there's some ups and downs, but certainly, uh, you know, he was still putting out some, some great music that, you know, is still kind of in that, in that upper echelon today. But then I think one thing that's different with him, you know, maybe you could compare this to Tom Cruise and old time rock and roll for Bob Seger, but, um, but not, I don't think to the, to the degree of, of born in the USA, which then for us, I always think of the 84 Tigers, uh, born in the USA was right around Thriller, uh, 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 Purple Rain, all these things, kind of Madonna, like a virgin, like all these things right in that 84, 85 time period, give or take a year, um, were, were popular. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I just found a couple of my old WrestleMania shirts going through some boxes. Um, um, but, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a pop album, right? I mean, it was a, it was a mainstream right. pop album. Um, I've gone back my, so, you know, I, I've talked about my mom's vinyls, right? That, that, that Board of the USA was the only Springsteen album tape or vinyl that she had. So she would play it over and over. Yeah. And, my mom had and, it too. Okay. I listened to it recently. There's some good songs and some, I mean, so many of them are hit. So you still hear them. Right. But I, 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 I like the album. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on Born in the USA. I like it. And and that's okay. So I'm going to stop right there because yeah. again, growing up, there was no until what mid eighties, really, there was no classic rock, right? I mean, there was no classic rock station. It was yeah. all, it was all, you know, current. And, and we talked about this on a couple episodes again when CSX was launched and that that genre was born. But, you know, I, I, I'm kind of interested because, I mean, when people would talk about Bruce Springsteen, even like yeah. when Manford Mann had covered Blinded by the Light. Yeah. I never, even this is going into the high school or college years, I don't ever recall really hearing a lot of classic 70s, 1980s Springsteen. Like Born in the USA was kind of the yeah, obviously everyone knew that it was pop. It was on any kind of yeah. radio station. But did CSX play that album? I don't know if they did. 
think they I'm, did. I'm thinking that's probably not. But my point is, again, is it because of where we lived? I don't hmm. recall listening to or hearing much classic Bruce Springsteen on any kind of classic rock station in growing up. Really? Oh, I remember Born to Run, the song being yeah, pretty, pretty regular yeah. rotation. I remember it, but I don't remember it being like, yeah, regular rotation. I don't. I don't remember. Uh. And maybe it's because I just wasn't into them. I mean, this is yeah. – you're picking your style. But a lot of this stuff, you know, I'm thinking like when we talked, I'm like, well, Bruce Springsteen maybe has like eight hits. No, he had oh. eight. He had eight hits off Born in oh, the U.S. Oh man, you're 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 really uh, you're 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 drawing some. Uh... <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm saying, and I'm saying most of those are off Born in the U.S.A. If I if I look at his old stuff, to me, there's five songs maybe off his old stuff that I would even consider hits. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Billboard hits. hits I mean, there's two songs yeah. off Born to Run that were released. There's two songs. Okay. Off and maybe three, okay. If you, you want to throw out um, Thunder Road, that, uh, but a lot of this stuff is released in Europe. And I yeah. think to your point, and this is okay. This is where maybe our discussion gets a little bit more gritty. Is I think a lot of the people were going back and buying the old stuff after they found out about him, right? It's like what a traditional lot of bands do. See, after wait, wait, whole, wait, after after Born in the USA. After Born to Run, I will say after Born to Run, they oh, went okay. back yeah, and yeah. Two. Well, I mean that was his third album, so yeah, sure, okay. sure, yeah. And then, but I mean, um, I mean, he, 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 he. This is my opinion. He, he was on top of the world in '75 and '85. I mean, he was as big an artist as as existed twice in his career. So let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. Again, we're just a couple dumb kids from Michigan. Yeah, and um. And so we we got exposed. We've talked about this through a lot of our friends, brothers, and sisters about classic rock. So let me ask you this. So some of our friends, when we were really getting into that genre in the 90s in high school, you know, we would get into bands like Bad Company, Kansas. You know, the mm-hmm. Beatles were available. We didn't really like them, but we knew they were, you know, who the Beatles were. The Rolling Stones, we knew. We, we were into Zeppelin. You know, we were into you know, even going in the eighties, we 38 special or Kansas. I don't ever recall us in through any of our friends. Maybe it was their personal taste, but I don't ever us remember buying a Springsteen tape that was pre 1985. And I don't remember us ever really getting into him. Like, so why, why is that? I don't know. Yeah. It, do you find yeah. it interesting? Cause I do. I don't, that was never a band. Like even there were bands like, okay, David Bowie, I knew was a star. I didn't like him, but I, I knew he was hot. Like Bruce Springsteen, I just never thought of him as a as a guy from that era. Yeah, you know he. It's funny you make you make that you say that because I, I I I remember hearing back then. I agree with you because yeah, I don't think I owned any Springsteen albums till much later. Um, but I, uh, I I was almost like I always liked "Born to Run" the song. I always thought like I always remember like you know girls comb their hair in their rearview mirrors and the guys all act so hard. I always remember like man, this guy's he's there's something different about him. Never got into him, but it was almost like I put a little you know post it note on there like come back to this artist and and which I did. So uh, you know as as a lot of artists really. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 true. I, I think you know part of it is you can't just you know today I can listen to thirty different artists in a matter of an hour, right? And so I think that was part of it. We had limited capacity. Um, I don't know if subconsciously maybe there was some Springsteen versus Seeger kind of undertones. I don't, I don't know. know, man. I don't ever remember that comparison. Till yeah, recently. I don't remember that. So I mean, yeah, I don't just think, but think about it. Like going into okay, we we would go. You were you were all you. How many how many artists did you have in your catalog of whether they're albums, CDs? We yeah, you know, we have, we'll do a Columbia House episode one time, I'm sure. But like <laughs> you know, BMG, we yeah. we would go to record stores and trade in. I don't ever remember you. I mean, I is, is yeah. ever no, hunting no. for Springsteen stuff? No, ever. no, 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 no. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I don't know if um, it's because again, is it the market we lived in? Because you know, if we're East Coast, or we're talking Midwest buyers towards Seeger. If we were in the East Coast, or maybe out in even LA, yeah. or, I mean, would it have been different? You know, because did yeah. did they? <laughs> Not a conspiracy, but was it purposely shielded from us from Detroit radio uh, stations too? I don't know if that's all true. You, you know, it'd be interesting to go back. I'm guessing he played Detroit just as much as he played other other cities, and yeah, you know, um, I, he had his following. I don't think he, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of other artists. You mentioned some of them: Beatles, Stones. Um, who else did you mention there? Where you know that kind of post-it note to come back and listen to later that you know they were always on my list but, you know one thing i remember is and i can't give a name of anybody with springsteen but i remember you know some of these bands i would talk to an older person and they would say you know how much they love these bands and i would say huh interesting how how into them they were they, they these must be great great bands and so you know springsteen's one of them and so yeah well the other thing too though if you look at his chronologically to, to kind of finish out what i was saying is after born in the usa then so that came out in june of 84 so after that, he gets rid of the E Street Band. I think it was right then, and they didn't play together for like for like ten years. So he puts out the uh, he he, and then he doesn't put out another album until eighty seven. Tunnel of Love, Human Touch in ninety two, which I vaguely remember. Um, okay, and Lucky Town and Ghost of Tom Joad. So he was by the time we were in high school, and even even beyond high school, he was really. Um, he wasn't. He was no longer putting out these these huge albums. Um, I'm not saying they weren't good. I've listened to to some of those, uh, but uh, so also he wasn't in the mainstream conscience past what fifth grade for us. Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree. I do remember when Tunnel Love came out, and, and I, I don't think I bought it. I think I wanted. I'm like just, but again, it was contemporary. But yeah, and 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 I think this lines up pretty well with the Seeger. Yeah, yeah. Um, of when he yeah. his, his era kind of ended, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's what. Yeah. So I, I you know, if if, if you want to you want to go into there, you know, if you the Seeger story, and you know, there's no way we can get into all the Detroit history and all the Midwest history and so forth. No, we don't but, need to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, just just to, just to kind of tee it up, so he had the herd, he had the Bob Seeger system, right? And you know, well, and I mean, it, he could he could see he could he could sell whatever ten thousand tickets in Detroit, and then you know three hundred in Chicago, right. and all that kind of stuff. But it so so then uh, so then uh, uh, Silver or, or sorry, uh, Live Bullet was was recorded in September of seventy five. Uh, came out in what early seventy six or late? Yeah, it had to be had 76. to be. Uh, 
1976 yeah. it came out. But, you know, going back to that real quick, I just, you know, obviously we could tell, I think a lot of people make the argument it was on that other podcast was, you know, he bounced around for six, seven years before he found his way. With- right. Well, in that podcast, I hadn't heard this story. Do you remember what they said? Who who kind of told Seeger, hey, man, focus on one thing, not bouncing around, was Glenn Fry. Yep. Yeah, it yep. said, said, no, said okay. how... Well, how yeah, and, and I've read that too. I um, mean, Seeger kind of talks about that in one of the articles I read. The 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 student kind of became the teacher. Yeah, because Isn't that uh, crazy? yeah, Seeger was was obviously a mentor to Glenn Fry. We talked about that in the Eagles podcast, but this was now Fry was giving him direction. Yeah. You know, start right. But you know, I I found interesting. Obviously, rambling gambler man did chart. You know, back in '69, and then yeah. he just was. You know, and then it was now. Again, I'm going to go back to this. so. We're going to go into like album sales and stuff like that. But I do want to talk about Seeger. The problem with Seeger is, and you kind of talked about narcissism and attention on on, on Springsteen. I think that's totally the opposite with Seeger yeah. to his detriment right. on a national scene. Because you can't, in today's world, right? And, and I'll let you kind of talk about, you know, some technology and so forth. But if you look, there's a, there's a great article out there. Um, it's through... Uh, uh, NPR, the record. Um, I'll, I, it, it, it's it's an article that says, "Where have all the Bob Seger albums yeah, gone?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. And, and basically, you know, and Seger is, is if I've read some articles where he's not necessarily proud of some of these older albums. Matter of yeah, fact, some he, he he's like, you know, he doesn't want them released because he he, he can't stand them. Like back in '72, he, yeah. he was basically saying that song's a bunch of duds. So you know, <laughs> even for your fan. That wanted to go back. I mean, what was what was uh, uh, Live Bullet? Was that like his seventh album? Eighth Something album? like that, right. So right, he, had, right. he had produced all this stuff prior. Now, they played a lot of those songs on Live Bullet, but you can't get a lot of those albums today, even if you wanted to. They're, they're not even circulated. They were on... Uh, they're on vinyl and they weren't reproduced and they're not in streaming. Like I can pull up a whole catalog of Bruce Springsteen. I can't pull anything yep. up from uh, Bob Seger. Now here's, here's what I'm going to talk about popularity a little bit. I thought this was a great analogy. Tell me if I'm wrong. We, we could compare this to, to baseball. And um, I look at this for years and the guy finally got in and I would talk about like our experience growing up watching the Tigers. Um, yeah. Ozzy Smith versus Alan Trammell. Yeah. Ozzie well, what, only, Ozzie, only, only one of those can do backflips. Well, when, and that's when. my point. Ozzy Smith, to me, was a below-average hitter. He was a pretty good fielder, but he was like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. But everyone knew him nationally. He could. He had yeah. the charisma. He was a nice guy. He could do backflips. And, and in my opinion, wasn't even in the same category as Alan Trammell. But Alan Trammell did his job every day. Alan Trammell was one of the best hitting shortstops at the time in major league history. Um, you know, he great defensive shortstop and we got to see him firsthand. But when you would compare stats, even like when Barry Larkin got in a couple years ago, I'm like, okay, Barry Larkin, he was like a first ball. I'm like, look at Alan Trammell's stats compare. He never got voted in um, under the normal bat. He fell off after how many times? And then they actually finally voted him in through the media. Uh, I'm trying to think what arm that was. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and again, I was like, thank goodness, because it was a travesty. And and I think I I compare that a little bit to the Bob Seeger thing. 
Bob Seeger um, just doesn't self-promote. Um, and, you know, it's obviously cost him. And, I, you know, obviously what? He went into semi-retirement um, sure. right in the 90s. I remember when we um, went and saw him. I don't Did you see him in 96? I don't know if nope. you did or not. No, okay. I wasn't. No, I was living in Ohio. I remember that was like the big rumor deal where, um, you know, because he hadn't been out in town. I remember like there was a big press conference. Is Seager going to tour? Ken Calvert, JJ and the morning crew talking. Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And at that time, it was like it hadn't, he hadn't toured like in five, six years. And then even after that, he, he, you know, he hung out and he didn't come out with another album for what, 11 years. So yeah. that was the whole greatest hits, Bob Seger, which is right. his greatest selling album now. Right. But he right. basically went into seclusion and he still is to an extent. I mean, he tours and stuff and he's come out with some albums, but he's not, he's not out there. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> like Bruce Springsteen um, is kind of in your face, you know? Right. No, that, no, no. I think you're, you're right on with all of that. Um, you know, Seeger's talked in the nineties. He, he was raising his family, right? He got married and, and uh, I think he's got two kids and, uh, they like went to, um, Birmingham. Uh, I think that's where the, you know, they went to like one of the public high schools, I think, you know, like playing the band and stuff. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so he was, you know, Punch Andrews, and that's one thing that I, I was going to point out with both of these guys is, um, uh, you know, I'm obviously a little more than the average music listener, but like, you know, both their managers, which is John Lando for, uh, Springsteen, who's like over the hall of fame, all that stuff. Um, and then Punch Andrews for, for, for Seeger. Right. And, 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 but I think that's where the similarities stop. I think their, their, their management styles are very different. And, and, and Springsteen talks a lot about this in his book. And, you know, I've heard Seeger talk a, a lot about Punch Andrews as well. I think they both fit the artists. Um, but, uh, you know, Punch Andrews has said for Seeger that his strategy is you, you, you kind of starve the people like to want more and more and more. And if you look through Seeger's, through Seeger's career, uh, whether it's like you said with touring and is he going to tour or, you know, is there a new album? Uh, it's, it's always that way. It's, it's, it's just enough information to keep you interested, but it's never these, you know, full blown, you know, press releases and gobs and gobs of information. And I think Seeger likes that. And I think it's, it's worked well for him, but, um, yeah, he's certainly, um, he's certainly gone through his periods of, of seclusion and um, he's, he's toured every couple of years. I think I've seen him every tour um, and uh, he's great. Uh, it's, he's so great live. Uh, the Dan and Dan podcast talked about Seeger. I don't know similar stats for Springsteen, but uh, or, yeah, this was on the uh, referencing that NPR article, but it said Seeger, you know, he sells out like 93% is the average sell rate of his concerts from everything I've, the shows I've been at, that's true. Like he still has this audience that's just dying to go see him. Um, I get the feeling he's kind of happy. Like if he doesn't like these old albums, he's not going to put them out there. He's, you know, not hurting for money. And I think that's the way he likes it. Springsteen is very, very honest about his constant need for, for, for getting out there. You know, he talks about his mental illness and sometimes, touring was what was keeping him sane. And so, and, and, and Springsteen also seems to have a very good marriage and, and, you know, he's got I think three kids and, and, and all that going for him. But even so, he just says how he needs the, the spotlight 
And I think that's where they're very different. And then I think also their managers, the way they manage their careers uh, uh, are very different and handle them in the best way for, for each of the respective artists. Yeah, the part I worry a little bit out about the, the, the Seeger piece, and again, is the newer fan. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, I, for I, sure. I think they there in that NPR article I was looking at, like back in like uh, 2006 on uh, annual broadcast radio spins. Basically, their songs being played on the radio. They were he Seeger was right neck and neck, not very far from Zeppelin, and light yeah, years right. above, I saw that. light years above Queen. Um, the, fast forward to 2014. You know, he had dropped 80% of his radio plays. Huh. Um, and he, he dropped out of the top 1,000 songs list entirely of 2014. He was below Queen and not even the same game as Zeppelin. So, you know, just on that end, um, he's just not getting played as much, you know? Yeah. And even on classic rock, and that's on classic rock formats, you know, he's he's was a top, uh, uh, you know, he was a top 10 most played artist in the classic rock genre back in 14, he had dropped the 27th. That's quite a, yeah. that's quite a drop in, uh, you know, in 14 years, you know? Yeah. Well, he famous <laughs> Seeger famously was, uh, as far as I know, the last major artist, uh, to the streaming game. Um, and I don't know if they negotiated a better salary than, or a bit, sorry, better contract than what others are getting because, Streamingly, streaming famously doesn't pay the artists well, but right. uh, you know, I know AC, ACDC was late to that. The Beatles took them a while, um, but uh, you know, Spring or uh, Seeger finally did get on. But as far as I know, Springsteen's been you know right on top of all of the you know as we went to digital music and then streaming and so forth. Um, so yeah, I think that is a major difference. Um, I don't know. Again, having just seen Seeger live. <laughs> Seems he seems pretty happy, and right. I don't know that you know you can, you know I'm not hanging out with him or anything, but I think you know obviously the legacy of an artist, they're you know living day to day. Um, I think there's a lot more to life than than just uh, protecting your legacy, uh, and so you know hopefully everything's in check. He said at the at the show, he says, "Hey, this is my last tour," because he's been saying that. And he says, uh, you know, a couple of years from now, I'll be looking for gigs. You know, if you need a wedding singer, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I did think to myself, man, if, if you're still living in Detroit, I wonder what kind of uh, places, you know, you might you might see him pop up and, you know, how many opportunities maybe to see him somewhere where that'd be so cool. But, um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's certainly not not in your face like other artists. Uh, let me let me finish really quick or get into some of his his discography just really quick but but really from this is my opinion but if you really you follow his 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 seeger his career so live bullet comes out and i think it was april of 76 and um it was really just put out because night moves the the studio album was taking too taking too long and I, like they made the decision like like a week ahead of time or something to record these two shows at Kobo arena. Um, and we've talked about live albums on the podcast and a woods, a huge fan. Um, and uh, they, uh, they it, it did really well on its own and the night moves came out 
And then so really he had kind of Night Moves came out in October of 76. So he had these two albums that are just blowing up. And then really, if you follow Seeger then through, he, he, he continues to put out a lot of albums during this time. Uh, Stranger in Town in 78, Against the Wind in 80, The Distance in 82. I would kind of argue that's his, his golden era. Like yep. a Rock comes out in 86. People people know that the, the title track, I think largely from the the uh, the uh, truck commercials. Um, but I would say, really, if you look at him, like 76 to 82, in the grand scheme of things, um, isn't a huge amount of time, especially in Bob Seger's long career. But that's really when he was at the national, uh, so national conscience. And- so the argument could be who is bigger in their prime. Sure, right. Yeah. Because I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at um, Born to Run and Night Moves. If you compare those two albums, which are both kind of their breakthroughs, both of them six time platinum. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, I would have thought Born to Run sold a lot more albums. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Night Moves is just such a such a great, great album. Um and, and really, I mean, all of those, all of those albums, uh, those five or six studio albums, just have tons of hits. I mean, the average person knows songs off of all of those albums. There are also songs that obviously they don't know, but uh, the average person. But um, but yeah, they're they're, they're so good. Um, and and then he gets into you know he did then he did Fire Inside and then he he kind of you know that's when he started that's it. To, to drop off yeah yeah now I uh, you know the, the '90s albums I didn't I didn't get into so much his last three albums I've gotten into um, uh, the Ride Out uh, two albums ago uh, is okay but you knew you knew uh, I knew you when uh, this last one I really liked it and um, can't even think of the name of the album before that but I like that as well. Um, and I think those are labeled um, just Bob Seger, not not the silver, or not the uh, yeah, not the Silver Bullet Band. Which maybe let's talk about about that that for a minute. So uh, I know we've done some offline discussion on this, but the the E Street Band and then the Silver Bullet Band and what they mean to these artists. And and I say that I mean, are these is Bob Seger a solo artist? I mean, he's he's put out albums under Bob Seger. Springsteen has put out albums under just Bruce Springsteen. But these bands are very much associated with them as well, right? Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it was offline or one of the episodes. Just basically having more control. You know, they yeah. they they want to be they want to be the guy to make the calls where I think Seeger had had some, didn't he kind of had some bad experiences where he had to kind of follow the, the rules of the group. And we talked about this a lot in the yep. Eagles podcast um, yep. where it was, you know, one fifth, one fifth, one fifth, where, yeah. you know, and it, fa- it finally kind of broke open with Henley and fried. But I think, you know, some of the experiences uh, that Seeger had, at least personally, I, I and I think, I believe you had mentioned, I don't know if it was in the book or something that you had read, and Seeger and Springsteen, of course, they're friends outside or they're, uh, you know, they're, uh, they have a relationship there. And they had kind of talked about this and, and kind of wanting to be the guy who makes the calls. It's, it's kind of like a coach, right? You, you, you make yep. the decisions, but you also take the heat when things don't go well. It's not like you can yeah. put blame on someone else or, but, you, you know, it's, it's your deal. You know, I think that's a lot yeah. of what, ha- what happened there, right? Yep. Yeah. And just like you said, Springsteen said it really nicely in his book, kind of like you said, he said, you know what, I'm going to take all the heat. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with the problems, but I'm also going to make the decisions. And he said, you know, 
democracies and bands don't work. And he had tried that. He'd been in some bands and so forth. And so, uh, yeah, that was the way that he, he set out to do. In fact, I think his first couple albums um, are still, are just Bruce Springsteen, although members of the E Street Band were playing with him and then with Born to Run, um, I believe, you know, the Springsteen experts can can uh, say, tell me if I'm wrong, but um, that's when it was first labeled and the E Street Band. And um, I mean, dude, I, I you know again, I've seen them live. They're they're a great band. Uh, it's I mean, and you know, you know Stevie Van Zant, you know Max Weinberg, um, you know his keyboardist Dan. Uh, what's I forget the last name, but I mean, you know some of these these artists. Of course, his wife is Springsteen's wife is in the E Street Band. And then, and then let's talk about the the Silver Bullet Band. And I was thinking when I saw him the other night, I'm like, okay, so three guys are right now on stage were 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 there when they recorded Live Bullet, which were Bob Seger, uh, Chris Campbell, the bass player, and um, and uh, and Elton Reed, the, the sax player, of course. Um, but uh, you know, Drew Abbott, who famously was you know the guitarist for a lot of those great uh, spring St- or uh, sorry, great Seeger tours, uh, kind of got fed up with you know being the side player in like the early '80s. Um, uh, Charlie Martin, the drummer, he was in a car accident not too long after Live Bullet and, and was paralyzed from the waist down and, and couldn't drum after that. So really, the, it, you know, who we think of as the as as the Silver Bullet band on. On the on the live bullet album, um, they didn't do a, you know that unit wasn't around for a really long time. Um, but one thing that's interesting about Seeger is he would all those albums, his popular albums. I think all of them had the Muscle Shoals a rhythm rhythm group uh, on on some of the songs. So I guess he would go down there and record some of the songs. And so and then uh, I think sometimes Silver Bullet Band would be on them, sometimes not. And then other songs, even if they weren't recording with Muscle Shoals, uh, the Silver Bullet Band may or may not be on those those songs. So and I think there was there was always some tension there uh, with the Silver Bullet Band and Seeger because of that. But I think because out of necessity, he's the artist, he's the one writing most of the music. He's calling the shots. That was the way he wanted to do it. You know, I don't know that there was a lot of uh, room to room to argue because that was, I think, kind of the, the structure that had been set up from a, from an early, uh, you know, early on in the band. Yeah, I'll go a little bit to rankings here too. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, both these uh, both these artists have released eighteen studio albums. Hmm. Uh, but here's where it kind of gets into. It sounds like Springsteen's, and again, it depends on kind of what site you look at. Um, there's a lot, a lot of different data on how they compile this. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Springsteen has sold about 65 million uh, albums in the U.S. Uh, Seeger's right around 50. But um, you know, the other side of this is again those specialty albums. Uh, you know what Springsteen, what he come out with a you know, a born to run 30th anniversary, not too long ago. Uh Um, You know, he's recapped a lot of these. He's come out with 23 live albums. Bruce has got 23 live albums. Are you serious? Yeah. And I don't know what they consider a live album. I think some of these might be just some one off at the new Orleans jazz festival, things like that. I don't know what he He talks about. Yeah. I don't know what he counts as as an album. So you'd have to really dive that, you know, uh, Seeger's got the two and he stuck with that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you know the uh, the the box sets. Uh, you know, it says here seven box sets the boss has, and uh, 
you know, <laughs> Seeger's never come out with any kind of a box set. He's come no. out with a few compilation albums. Um, but again, just being out there in your face, you know, of course you're going to sell more albums. I, I would like to kind of look at that run that Seeger had, you know, when he went six times platinum, what, three times in a row or, uh, oh, well, not, well, five times platinum, three albums in a row with Night Moves, Stranger in Town, Against the Wind. Um, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's in a four year span, yeah. right? The distance I found yeah. was kind of funny. That went two times platinum. Um, uh, but yeah. you know, it's funny story about that. that. That came out in 82. Um, he still released that on eight track. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted people to have the hard cop. He wasn't appealing to that yeah. older, you know. Yeah. And they talked about this too, which is kind of cool. So, okay, I will address this because it wasn't that other podcast, but it was it was a great comparison of my mindset. One of the guys there had talked about his thoughts on old time rock and roll. I will say, old time rock mm-hmm. and roll is probably comparable to the, the Bruce's Born in the USA, just kind of that yeah. anthem. You know, their mega hit uh, really touches everyone, but. And I talked about this, I think, on our first podcast. When I when we got married, one of the first conversations I had with the DJ was, I love uh, Bob Seeker. I said, but don't play old-time rock and roll. Play something else. <laughs> and because I was just so nauseated from that song. And I, as, as a Seeker fan, you know, and they played Rock and Roll Never Forgets, which is, was great. Yeah. But... You know, this guy made a great point. He probably was in the same camp as I was. And he's a Seeger, he's a pro Seeger guy. But he also, his thought on that was, think of how many people have danced to that song, The Weddings, and yeah. um, have had just a great time. He's like, I don't know if you've got another song out there that has been danced to by as many people over a course of time and just associated with happy times and just... He's yeah. like, you think about that, you know? And then, of course, the guy kind of talked about the Tom Cruise, uh, you know, dancing in his underwear, um, you know, <laughs> risky business and so forth, which is another, obviously, another attachment to that song. But um, it made me think about it. I was like, you know, and, and kind of the other side of that, the We've Got Tonight is another song that is, is kind of overplayed. But that crossed over into country, you know, as well. Uh, what was that covered by Kenny Rogers? So there's a couple of those kind oh. of songs that, uh, you know, were just national staples, you know? And I just, yeah. I don't know, over that period of time, four or five years before he went kind of into, you know, seclusion. I mean, I yeah, don't know I, if there's yeah. anyone bigger out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think for a few years, uh, that's very true. You know, it's <laughs> old time rock and roll. It's funny. The other night when I, I went and saw him, um, you know, if you're if you're a true true Seeger fan, what song are you gonna uh, you know use for your bathroom break? Old time rock and roll, right? And so <laughs> I uh, so you know I had to make a statement and, and uh, got up during that song. Only time I got up during the whole show, and uh, I I had a Tigers hat on, and I run into a guy who had a Michigan State shirt on, and he goes, he says, oh, this guy was probably like you know older than older than us, probably more our parents' age. He says, yeah, he says. I knew I'd see a real fan out here. You're from Michigan. You know, this is the song. I'm sick of this song. I don't want to hear this song. That's why I take my break during this song. And we got talking and he'd actually relocated to Portland 18 years ago, he said, and was looking to move back to uh, northern Michigan, actually near where my parents live. So it's kind of a funny story. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, just like you said, like real fans will think of, and I'm sure a Springsteen fan, you know, born in the USA is is almost an embarrassment. Um, you know, the thing is, it's Springsteen talks about this a lot in his book though like the song and the album but the song specifically born 
in the USA is like so misunderstood. And although it's got, you know, this, this pop kind of, kind of sound to it, it's, he wrote it to be very, uh, you know, controversial. It's almost in some ways, I don't know if anti, anti-American is not the right way to say it, but it, you know, he, he's looking at the dark side of, of some of, of what his generation has had to live through, through Vietnam and so forth. And but then, you know, I think it was Reagan starts playing it as political rallies. And he's like, what the heck? You know, no, this is not what this song is about. Um, But probably to this day, uh, you know, very, very misunderstood. Yeah, um, that's that's another thing of the side, not to try to get on that side of it. But uh, uh, from an entertainer, I think it whatever side of the fence you're on politically, uh, I'm not taking a side either way on this. But just uh, it's you know, it seems that the. Bruce gets very involved on his political views yeah. in his live shows. And for yeah. me, um, that's another side of it is again, whatever side you're on, I don't care. It's just, I'm there to see music. It's just like, I'm going to see, I'm, a, with, I'm yeah. with an ath- I'm going to see a sporting event. I don't want to hear your opinions on things. I'm here to listen to your music. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 and I'm sure everyone out there has their views, but you don't see them stand up and, you know, and, and make, you know, a scene uh, of that throughout the concert. And, and again, I've never yeah. seen him live. So I, I want to kind of get into the live. So I want to get your thoughts there, but then I also do want to talk live because there's a couple questions I have for you um, as it relates to both these artists live. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I was counting up. I've seen Seeger five times. That was my fifth time last weekend. It, it was my favorite last weekend. Um, and I've only seen Springsteen once. It was supporting the uh, uh, Magic album, which is a good album, I think, from 2012. Um, and with his with the E Street Band against uh, Springsteen experts can correct me on this. But I think it might have been the first album with the E Street Band. And uh, he did go on his his political thing there. And I remember thinking, like, as I do at any time, you know, bands start talking for a long time. But I'm like oh man, you know, this is a song he's taken up here. Yeah. He got real political, very specific, you know. I mean, you know, there have always been protest songs and so forth, but I mean, he's naming names and stuff, and it's just like, ah, uh, you know, like you said, I came here to, to, to hear music. But uh, real quick, uh, you know, the, we went to this show with some some friends of ours, and because uh, I remember, because <laughs> I was thinking back, first time we got a babysitter uh, for our first kid was to see Petty, and that was, a, we had like second or third row, and I will never forget that show uh, with my wife. And then my wife and I went with this other couple to see uh, Springsteen and the E Street Band, uh, this other guy, which was interesting. This guy was a musician, a uh, really cool guy, but he played more like, kind of like, uh, I guess maybe like the cure, like emo, maybe type music. He was in this band. Uh, I think he played guitar, but he loved Springsteen, which again goes back to, I think sometimes some of the Springsteen, it's a different sound. It attracts a different, there's some different things going on there than, than with, with Seeger that I wasn't always aware of. But the, anyway, this guy wanted to get floor seats, which we did. So we were pretty close. And um, the band, the E Street band and Springsteen, Holy crap. I mean, what a show start to finish. I mean, you know, it was epic three hours. It was something around that. And I didn't know a lot of the music, but it was so good. And the band is incredible. I didn't realize how much Springsteen plays plays lead guitar. 
I mean, hmm. some of the songs he's playing lead guitar, he's doing some solos and stuff. So, I mean, you've got this guy, I mean, he's burning, he probably burned a thousand calories just, to, you know, per show because he's just in your in your face, like, you know, as a singer, as his guitarist, and he's this band leader, and he's so good, it's so dynamic, you know, and he does, one, two, three, four, you know, counting out the songs, and it's all part of the show. And, you know, you can see these diehards, you know, people, you know, wearing uh, the River Tour, you know, concert t-shirt, you know, they've been you know fans for decades and it was an experience and I, he came I, we were in columbus ohio at the time i know he came back to columbus we never we never did go see him again but i would love to see him again um because it was so much fun not like we've talked about not the same as a scene well, where i'm thinking of distinct memories and so forth but it was a great show it's more of an experience would you say yeah, yeah, yes, I, I think yes. it's more of a show, right? I mean, obviously, so if you're, and you're saying, and I've heard this, so you're saying he played about three hours? Something like that. So yeah, it was long. if you're a true Springsteen fan, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands today that I'm, <laughs> I would just beg for them to play two and a half, let alone three, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that you want more when you're there. Um, so yeah. I, I, he's giving you the money's worth, right? And it's it's yeah, a true, sure. and they have the true arrangement set up, right? I mean, it's it's a show, right? I mean, it's it's they probably like you said, they kind of bouncing all over with the songs yep. and, and and different solos, I'm sure, and you know, keyboard and sax, I'm sure it's kind of oh, all yeah. over the place, right? But it's good. It's yeah. just a party. People are having a good time. Yeah, Clarence was still alive. Oh, wow. he, you know, he was yeah, he was sitting down a lot, I remember, and Springsteen talks about this in his book. But uh yeah, I mean to see see Clarence Clemens, you know, play some of these sure. solos is is yeah, it's it's memorable. And um it was yeah, it, it's just it's just dy- dynamic from 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 start to finish. You know, he's pouring, pouring, you know, dripping in sweat. It was it was great. Um asking you about Seeger. So, yeah. I mean, at that time, when you saw Bruce, was that in a stadium or outdoor setting or was arena. it or was arena? Okay. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. he has played stadiums and so forth, some bigger crowds, right? Yeah. You know, and maybe this is a good time. Uh, one of the things I just want to throw out there, I, I think one difference between these two is I didn't realize this until I read the book. The Springsteen and the E Street Band, how big they are in Europe. Right. Because um, he goes back to early on playing it. I think it was the uh, Hammersmith Odeon. I could be wrong in the venue, but they're in London. And he, he talks about how he, all this pressure he's putting on himself. Now I'm in the land of Clapton and Hendrix and stuff. And so he talked about that. Um, and actually, as a negative experience the first time. But they went back over and over and over uh, through through their careers and uh, through the through the. Springsteen uh, and the E Street Band through the career, and um, yeah, they're like a stadium act in Europe. Um, I and they love. I mean, he talks about some of the countries and the, the, the fans and so forth. You know, that's one thing that I don't think uh, Seeger and I don't know if he's got in any international sales because I don't think Seeger has has anything like that. I don't even know in his heyday how much he toured outside of the states. I, I, I could be wrong there. I just don't know. But I think that's one thing that that Springsteen has going for him. And then. Um, Solo he did, I think it was with Amnesty International with Sting and some other artists. He, he toured the world there for a while, kind of at the height of his popularity as well. So um, I think his his international reach is, is, is probably a lot greater than, than Seeger's. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Seeger three times. I have not seen Bruce. Um, I lost, last saw Seeger in 06. Um so was that when he was that when he did like ten nights at the palace? Was yeah, that during uh, that? I, I yeah, and I think you I think 
I think I went there with my parents. I think you and your mom were there. I did. We, we hooked up yeah. out in the lobby. Was it the same show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, I know, I know my mom and I, yeah, that was the first time uh, I'd seen him actually. I think that was, uh, during the face, the promise album. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I like that album. But, um, so I've seen him three times. I haven't seen him in over 10 years, but I wanted to kind of, we obviously know his response in the Midwest. I, I did kind of want to ask you, and obviously I knew he sold out, but what was kind of your take as a music guy, as a fan? Um, was there a buzz, you know, you seeing him in Portland? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm interested to see if you could sense anything that this guy has a fan base. I mean, it, it's again, cause we're, we can see in this, in this little box we're in, in the Midwest the bubble, yeah. the bubble we live in, but I'm interested to kind of hear if you've got any feedback from when you saw him last week or two, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that because during the show and after the show, and I mean, I was buzzing, man. It was so it's such a great show. But I was thinking, yeah, it's kind of weird because when he'd say, you know, Portland, Oregon, you know, in between songs, and I don't know why I thought that because that 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 oh six show or oh seven, whatever that was in Detroit. It's the only time I've seen him in Detroit. All the other times were in Ohio, so it's not like when I've seen him, he's saying, "Hey, Detroit," you know, yeah. it been, "Hey, Columbus." But it did seem strange, probably because I'm just new here too and and still haven't seen tons of shows here just to hear that in between songs so uh, i did think about that a little bit and i did think about man i'm a long way from the midwest here and i'm seeing seager which is a little you know fish out of water um but uh you know could i sense any major difference or anything no i I mean no i i I think i mentioned uh they've said on that, that dan and dan podcast uh, they said uh, 93% uh, concert sales for Seeger over the past few tours or whatever. So, um, and I've known that. I mean, he sells out regularly and Portland had to be sold out or, or nearly so. Um, and I mean, just visually and no, also, you know, checking Ticketmaster and StubHub and whatnot. Um, so it was, uh, no, I, I think, first of all, probably a lot of Midwest transplants like myself out here, maybe part of it. But, okay. you know, Seeger show... You know, you're usually going to skew an older crowd. Um, you know, we're we're pretty young to go to go see Seeger, uh, which I know that NPR article brings out about how he hasn't necessarily regenerated him, his his legacy to that younger audience. But now, if I were to say, is there a major difference? No, there's there's a buzz, there's a love, because and this is, I think, you know, maybe one difference between Seeger and Springsteen is Seeger has so many radio hits and anytime you're in a show like you know my wife and i saw mccartney a few years ago and you know sure you're you're you know he's a beetle he's this you know him you've ever you've seen him his whole life he's been in popular culture for 50 years blah 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 but you know at the end of the day songs are i feel like over overtake any of that and you know when we've got tonight, and in fact, cool intro, he's talking about how that was his mom's favorite song. But you hear that piano, you know it. When you hear that that G chord for for night moves, you know it. You know, uh, you know Hollywood Nights, uh, Rock and Roll Never Forgets. You know, you know it. Even the the piano for for uh, old time rock and roll. You know, you know these songs. And so a Seeger show is just boom, boom, boom. I mean, it is rapid fire. And so, you know, I would think it doesn't matter what city you're in. Detroit's always going to, you know, be a special place. But 
you know, everybody knows those songs, I think, throughout the country. Uh, it, it may be internationally. I don't know. But uh, it, it's just going to resonate because even even people who are big fans, you know, a lot of those songs. And so you're going to you're going to enjoy that. You know, Fire Down Below. I mean, it's just so good. Just so many good songs when you see Seeger live. Oh, no question. No question. Um, kind of interesting, too, kind of going back on tracks. Um, in the uh, history, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, 12 top 10 hits, 26 songs in the top Hot 100. Yeah. Um, Seeger, seven top 10. 31 songs in the top 100. So so Springsteen has more? Uh they have, he uh he has more, yeah. Uh, no. Uh Seeger has 36. I'm sorry, 31 songs in the top 100. Bruce has 26. Uh, okay. But so Springsteen has, has more top, top 10. 10 yeah, and Seeger has the only number 1 hit. You know what that is? Ah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Is it old time rock and roll? Nope. Shakedown. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. And you know, you yeah. know, originally Glenn Fry was supposed to sing that. That's right. Yeah, I did know that, but his voice, his voice was bad or something. He was having some vocal problems. And um, you know, I, yeah, yeah, Bruce did have a number one that he wrote, but he didn't perform it. You know what that was? No. Is that uh, Man for yep. Man? Okay, yeah, but no gotcha. number one hits. Well. But it's kind of interesting. I mean, you really you look at the stats; it's pretty similar. Yeah, I've always thought they have a lot in common, and as we've as we've hopefully highlighted some differences too. But um, you know, both both based in a geography, um, both uh, uh, you know, lots of songs that people know. Both probably more so on the Springsteen, but very recognizable. And you know, I I don't know they're I don't they're not the the the, the, the runway model look, but in certain you know, but they're but they're both this kind of this known like wow. Uh, you know, these guys are superstars, uh, and, and and you know you know who they are, and just and just cool, just cool rockers, both and both you know really uh, associated with a, a blue collar ethos, I guess. Yep. No, no question. Um, I think you know, I, I would I would compare. Uh, they're both storytellers. Kind of going back. Yep. One last thought, I would say. You know, we've talked about uh, Bob Seger being a little bit more probably R and B more a little like you said that James Brown type kind of background I would say uh Springsteen probably a little more folk uh yeah I don't I yeah. mean they're both storytellers but just uh I don't know a, a guy that uh he gave me some feedback which was kind of cool I thought uh, just bringing it up as as a Springsteen probably pro Springsteen over Seeger mm-hmm. he came back and said one of his favorite songs is uh Come to Papa from uh and and you know that's just a he just described that's just a gritty down you know song and it is it's it, it's such a good song but that's kind of that Seeger you know that that R and B kind of that funk you know yeah I I saw that comment and actually uh the, the second time I heard him lie do it live oh he did he did it last week yeah, oh uh-huh, wow uh huh. And um, that is not one of my favorite Seeger really? songs. And that was a cover. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just not <laughs> interesting. I love that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny when he said that. I uh, yeah, I was thinking back, and that yeah, it's it's not one one of my favorites. So I, I guess I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna 
solve all the world's problems here with this discussion. Yeah. And it was just kind of fun. Yeah. Is if you, you've kind of enlightened me probably um, I'm still, to me, it, it, it's Seeger and it's not really that close, <laughs> but it's yeah. just, that's personal preference. Um, yeah. Are you, are, are you kind of playing both sides or are you, st- what's kind of your, what's kind of your yeah, thoughts here? Yeah. Well, here, yeah, here's, I, we were, we were offline. We were texting back and forth the other day and, and, you know, I, and I mean this, like I think of, especially live bullet, like I remember the sounds from that album as much as like, I, I still remember being at tiger stadium as a kid and hearing the crack of the bat. Still, when I go to a live baseball game, I always go back to that. There's something about that live crack of a bat at a live baseball game that you don't, you don't hear it on TV the same or the radio. It's so, and there are other things just like these, these, these sounds that I, I remember as a kid and, and Seeger, especially live bullet are just as, as deep in, in my roots as, as some of those memories. Um, and I say that because there's no way anybody probably could replace how special uh, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band and their songs are. I mean, you know, like we talk about all the time on this podcast growing up in Michigan and the Detroit area, uh, you know, I, I would argue it was the best place to, to grow up. And I would put Bob Seger just in there with the Lions and the Tigers and the Wings and the Pistons and, you know, other other elements that are just core to the way that we grew up. So there's no way, as far as me personally, not only Bruce Springsteen, but but very few artists are ever going to be able to, to touch that. Now, that said, if I can take my emotion and my experience out of it and objectively look at, at them, I think they're both tremendous artists. There are, again, similarities and differences. Um, what I've tried to get myself to do is, you know, not growing up in Asbury Park, New Jersey, as I have, you know, in the Detroit area, but but really trying to learn about Springsteen and understand some of the genius that that he possesses and some of the songs and the albums that he and the E Street Band have been able to, to put out and, and dig deeper. Um, it's fascinating. And the stories and the hard work and just the 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 relevance. I mean, we you know we talked about some peaks and valleys, but the relevance of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band for, gosh, almost fifty years. I guess you yeah. know it's crazy to think that way. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I'm not a huge classical uh, expert, or not even close to an expert. But you know, we, we Bach or Beethoven or Mozart. You know, we still talk about these. I sometimes think like. How will the artists of today, you know, Beatles and Stones are the the ones I think about most, but even like a Springsteen, I have to think like at some level, and again, I'm not saying he's Bach or, or, or Mozart or whatever, but he's going to be remembered. Like, I don't think that it's like a couple generations that will just... Forget about him, you know. Paul Abdul, I, you know. I'm not sure the couple <laughs> generations people. I don't know. I don't know why I think why she comes to mind, but I think Springsteen. And this is where objectively, gosh, it hurts me to say it, but I don't know that Seeger. Let's go two, three generations from now. I don't know that Seeger will be as remembered as Springsteen will be. I, I I could be wrong there, but I just think, and, and part of it's probably that he's never been out of the public eye and he's always pushing to be out there. I think Springsteen 
you know, nationally, internationally is really going to be remembered for generations to come. And I think it's well, deserved, you know. And- I think that's two different conversations. I, our, I, don't think our, I don't think this conversation was who was more popular. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Because I, oh, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think popularity, I don't, and, and this is me being taken off my bias cap, nationally, internationally, I don't think it's close. Yeah. And I mean that in favor of Springsteen. Yeah. It's, okay, that's, I, yeah, that's I, kind I of the point. I don't, I think we didn't. both agree there, and I think it's because some of the things I talked about earlier was just him being much more self-promoting, Seeger more of the other way. I think for this conversation, it was really more about, you know, who's the better artist. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. and for me personally, like I said, man, you, you can't touch Seeger. Yeah. You can't touch him. Okay, so you're in the Seeger camp for a better artist. For yeah. me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got you to say it. <laughs> I'm trying to, right, to, to play, play it both sides. But for me personally, uh, it's hard to – because, see, nobody's – for me, nobody's like Seeger. I always say Queen and Guns N' Roses, my two favorite bands, will always be, and that's true. Uh, Seeger's in the top five probably, definitely top ten. But then as far as special, going back to as far back as I can remember and family and friends, Seeger's on another level. There's, oh, yeah. Well, no, just, I agree. Yeah, and that's where it's hard because we're trying to take that 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 cap off of the world we lived in. Right. I, I, I right. think I, I think artists, songs, um, you know, just overall body of work, uh, I'm taking Seeger. Um, yep, popularity, um, international star, um, legacy, it's Springsteen. So it depends on yep. what you're, what you're looking at, you know? Yep. Well, and somebody, you know, somebody from Asbury Park, New Jersey, again, you know, wearing the, wearing the, uh, uh, uh greetings from Asbury Park, uh, tour, original tour, tour shirt, you know, comes up to me in a dark alley and, and wants to have this debate. <laughs> I'm running the other way. I'm not. I'm not going to get into that with them, man. Well, that's why uh, we tried to get. We tried to get stats too, and I know stats doesn't tell everything because you've got no. uh, opinions in there. But as far as radio play and all that, there's just so much that plays into it. Seeger just doesn't. He's just not a marketing guy, you know. So it's right, a lot right. of times there's probably people out there say, "I love that song," but who sings it? I mean, they're your casual fan, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And, you know, I think I try to think of these, you know, they're obviously human beings just like us. And much like us, when you're trying to balance work and family and everything, it's hard. And so uh, to the Seeger thing, and maybe I'm maybe I'm overemphasizing this or I'm reading more into it than I can. But it seems like where he's he's sacrificed career wise was was to be with family and 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 at the end of the day, right? What's, what matters, right? And so, you know, I, I mean, this is not to say Springsteen's not doing this. That's not my point. But, but you know, I think Seeger made some, some conscious decisions over the last, what, 25 years or so, 30 years, and said, you know, hey, I'm going to, you know, it's not going to be tour album, tour album, tour album, tour album, tour album. Like I'm going to, I'm going to objectively look at my life and, and think through uh, what's important. And so, you know, if that's the case, and again, we're not hanging out, but if that's the case, then, you know, 
I could, I, we, we still got a lot, a lot of great music and, and I guess in some ways too, if he's not quite as big of an artist as, as maybe a Springsteen, I'm cool with that, yeah. you know, cause I'll wear, you know, I, I, I'll always love him for Detroit and I'll always, I'll always defend him. Heck, Put it this way, though. I talk international. I was in Tokyo, Japan, uh, a couple years ago at a thrift store, and I I got a Bob Seger uh, uh, Bob Seger American Storm Tour T-shirt. Right, that's what I wore last wow. week to the show. So '86, my mom was at one of the shows. You know, I, I think it was middle of the night in, in the states. So I had to wait till text her, but I'm like, Mom, you will never believe what shirt I found. You know, so so you know, hey, it's uh, you know, I was like, this is kind of weird, but um. But, you know, he's, he's certainly, you know, big, big around the world too. But, but I think, you know, anybody from Detroit uh, is going to, is going to like, they're going to fight. You saw this on Facebook on the debate, yeah. right? They're going to fight for, for spring, for Seeger, for Seeger. And, and people in New Jersey, I think would, would do the same for spring. Spring. Sure. Well, Hey, I think this was, this was a lot of fun. I, I think we should do more of these. Um, you know, if we got guests or not, I, we could do this. I think with different artists, we could also do it with albums. There's a lot of different directions we could go yeah, on this. It's yeah. kind of fun um, just to kind of compare uh, a couple artists that are pretty well aligned in their timetable and their their uh, you know rise to stardom. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe find somebody where we're pretty diametrically opposed. I know. Too, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's because Seeger, right? I just think if you're within a certain radius of Detroit or Ann Arbor, man, if you're – and we saw some of this on Facebook, but if you're from those areas and then you're not pro pro Seeger, you know, you're kind of like, hmm, what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. All right, well, good. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate the time again this week. Uh, next week, the plan is we'll, we'll have another special guest uh, talk about a new theme. Um, if anyone out there has other ideas you'd like us to discuss, let us know on Facebook or shoot us a review um, on our podcast link. You know, obviously, don't forget to subscribe um, so you can get them regularly. But, you know, we're always looking for new ideas. And, you know, if, if you're starting to listen to the show, we, we'd be more, all ears to hear what you have to say if there's something you want us to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd like to say thanks. I know we've we've seen some uptick in, in listenership and we've talked to some old friends and, and so forth that have started to listen. So we appreciate it. And just like Wood said, man, all the feedback is, is welcome. Awesome. Well, good deal. Uh, we will see you next week, Steve. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Till next time, we'll see you at Remember When. This podcast features a song, Take the Lead, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.